Hey, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, mine's going pretty good so far. If you're not watching The Outsider on HBO, you are messing up. If you haven't seen 1917 and Uncut Gems, you're also messing up. Those are two of the best movies I've seen in a very, very long time. I also just watched uh, Parasite. That is really good. Really weird. Really good. Um, if you've seen it, send me a message because I need to talk about it. It was a very, very strange, very good movie. Um, how's everybody doing? I'm doing fairly well. This is day 13 back on medicine, and the first week I was going out of my mind. It made my anxiety go way through the roof, but um, I think things are smoothing out so, so far so good. The continued prayers will be much appreciated, um, so thank you for that those that are of that mind. Um, what else? Um, oh, if you care about what I've been listening to lately, and if you follow our uh, Church and Other Drugs Spotify page uh, or playlist, whatever, channel, Spotify channel, uh, if you haven't, you should. It's all the music I play on here I add to the page. But Owl, that is the band that has really been blowing my mind, my mind lately. Owl and Agnes Obel are two artists that are just incredibly good. So please go check them out. Um, if you like the type of stuff that I play, then you'll love it. Today, though, I'm not going to keep this short. We are talking to Nate Henry from the band Sherwood. And um, I guess formerly, I don't know if it's still going, but are on hiatus. The podcast Don't Feed the Trolls with Matt McDonald from the Classic Crime uh, Nate is an awesome guy, and we now, he's like a, a new Nephilim convert, so if you're tired of hearing about that, you know, skip this one, I guess, but we talk about some pretty interesting stuff anyway. He recently um, found out he had Lyme disease, so we talk about that at length, and I uh, convinced myself that I have Lyme disease now, so thanks a lot, uh, WebMD, appreciate that. But Nate is a really awesome guy, and he'll be starting a new podcast soon, which hopefully I'll be able to go on and um, talk about unexplained stuff. That's That seems to be what he wants to do about uh, unexplained phenomenon and mythical creatures and whatnot. But enjoy the episode. Send me an email at churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com, patreon.com slash churchandotherdrugs, and storefrontier.com slash churchandotherdrugs. Tennessee though yeah north of Nashville okay and so you were in the Pacific Northwest though weren't you or am I making that up no that's Matt McDonald and uh, a bunch of dudes in that uh, some Sherwood guys are up there now Um, so 
I think no, I think maybe I just thought that also because of the Bigfoot stuff. So I was like, surely he's <laughs> from like the the uh, Pacific. But um, and I wish. I mean, in some senses, actually, you know, like my fascination in Bigfoot isn't to go out and find it. It's just kind of watching documentaries and stuff. I I, I like the unknown I, of it. I'm not like uh, a researcher is what they call them, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's my thing, too. I'm a big um, it's just a it's fun to think about a I, I prefer yeah. to live in a world or like a reality where something like that exists, I think it'd be more fun. So like naturally I'm drawn to it and then be like, I don't know, I could totally, this is, and we'll kind of get to it, but this is, I, I hate how people will so quickly or like readily accept things like, sure, there might be aliens or sure there might be this or that, but then like certain things, they're just hard nosed. Like, no, nah, there's no way that that's true. And it's like, why do you, why even like draw the line there? Like you mean Bigfoot and they just say, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I I think it's just funny that like they've they've clearly done no research. They've never even thought about it. They just they've done a few math problems quickly in their head and they're certain that it doesn't exist already. And I'm like, okay, well, like Yeah. That's a weird way to live your yeah, life. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So, in I don't even know where to start, but I, so your 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 views have changed a little bit. Do you first off? Do you like? I don't know if you remember when we you were supposed to come on. Like God, this would have been like a year or two ago. I was like talking with you and Matt, but you had to drop out. So I don't know if you remember me at all from those brief. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, um, we had a couple email exchanges, yes. and then and then you were Matt came on your show, yep. and I think. Um, did you get Dan on your show? Oh yeah, and I, I've been on his a few times too. <laughs> oh, always talking about nine eleven or Nephilim. It seems like, um, but so you got Lyme disease. Yeah, man. Um, a couple years ago, so it started happening like right in the middle of the podcast, and I didn't really know what was going on, and Matt didn't. You know, I was trying to do this podcast, and we had, and I had to. I kept having to bail on shows just because, like, I just would. I kind of got all the mental health um, symptoms, side effects, and symptoms. Yeah, so like, I would just start getting really anxious, or I couldn't sleep, and then I, and then that just kind of makes you feel crazy when you stop sleeping, and. Uh, so you can't tell if it's just like I didn't, I wasn't sleep I haven't slept in a couple of days or what and then you start getting real like worried about it you know because I mean you can only go so long without sleeping when your body just literally just won't fall asleep it's just it starts it starts to really freak you out so oh yeah it yeah. was just you're yeah. you're talking to a recovered meth addict so I'm very uh I'm very familiar with uh insomnia oh, and uh, yeah it, life gets real strange real quick oh um, yeah. No, I had a so I, I thought it was interesting because I had a buddy that when I moved to uh, Louisiana, I met this guy at like the new church I was at, and he was the super. He was super. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like in touch with the spirit, like sensational, very, um, just that type of personality. Charismatic. Where, charismatic yeah but not in like a kooky way like it, it wasn't like oh that dude's full of shit like i believed him it was like that yeah. sort of, you know you meet those yeah, people yeah. that are genuine and part of his story was that he had gotten lyme disease and almost died and 
So I would always talk to him about that. And um, mm. he would say that he would get like, I don't know, I'm kind of butchering his exact words, but how he would like get specific cravings for things like chocolate and like feel like out of his mind and get weird. Um, like he was being like controlled or something. And, but mm. his, after that experience, his like spirituality changed like crazy and he got way more serious about it. And I know when you said, mm. uh, when I was listening to you talk to, Dan about how like being close to death or whatever it's like you had no other choice but to like turn to God or whatever yeah and that's that's I've I love when I mean obviously I don't love that you were close to death but I like when people get that experience because you know I deal with or you know I I work in the addiction field or whatever and I'm I'm a recovering addict and I've had tons and tons and tons of near that near death experiences and nothing mm. brings you closer to God than a near death experience. And it's, yeah, that's often the first question I ask people that are like, you know, either like these staunch atheist types or whatever. I'm like, have you ever had a point in your life where you had no choice, but to rely on God? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it, <clears throat> And I've had, and I didn't have it as bad as some people with Lyme had it. Like I got, I got mine fairly, or I think it was like a year and a half or two years before I really caught it. But so, you know, like Justin Bieber just posted a thing that he, that he has Lyme disease. I saw I that. Know. Yeah. So, I mean. Wow, dude, what a copycat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, come on, Justin. You know? Did you, can you, do you like, do you even know when you got it? Can you trace uh, it back? I think I got bit in like late 2016. Did you and know then, when you got bit that you got bit or like I got bit in like this like the late summer of 2016 like and then I started having a bunch of uh, symptoms like about a month and a half two months later. God. Are you like paranoid to go outside now? Uh, I mean it sucks. I mean cuz you know there's a bunch of deer that live in the, I mean we live in this we live like 20 minutes north of Nashville and there's deer all over the place yeah. and they carry and they carry a lot of ticks so um they're like in my backyard all the time and I'm just like I don't know. But yeah. you know, part of it is, you know, a lot of people don't realize is it's just a matter of like if you if your immune system is sort of down, you can get Lyme disease. And um a lot of people who like I think our house in East we we moved from East Nashville. I think our house had mold in it. Oh yeah. I don't know, but I but I think it did. Because when we sold our house, the inspector was like, "Oh yeah, there's some mold in the crawl space. You need to... so we had to give money back to the buyers when they bought the house to like clean all that mold out of there." So people don't realize that mold can like weaken your immune system. So if you get bit by a tick and your immune system's down, you know you don't you can't you you don't wake up and know how your immune system's doing that day. You know right. what I mean? Right. So my doctor <laughs> deals with my doctor deals with a lot of mold patients who who are living in mold or came out of mold and or they had and a lot of people's genetics. It, it, some people can get mold out real easily. Some people work in moldy buildings. It's kind of a, a silent uh, problem. Like people don't know about it. Um, yeah. I've had people look at me crazy when I told them that. And no, I'm like, I, yeah, I have. It's to toxic. I have know? to. I, I'm definitely of the mind. Like I have to fight the urge to not be overly paranoid about it because i will like i'm a big i alternate yeah. between like it's no big deal or like the slightest thing is a massive deal and yeah the the black mold stuff and yeah, yeah dude that stuff freaks me out it and you live in does yeah like all those houses in katrina and all that stuff like yeah. 
you can't live in them. You, you, I mean, you got to, I don't know. A lot of those houses got flooded. And like, it sucks because, like, a lot of people just don't know. And then, yeah, it gets paranoid. I, we started getting paranoid. And then we were like, so when we bought this house, I made sure there was no water getting into the house anywhere. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, man, paranoid. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can do to be healthy and heal. You can't do everything, but you can certainly help yourself as much as you can. And then from there, just, uh, I think, I, I think you can go way too far and get super paranoid about all yeah. kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. So, but you said you're, you're still dealing with it. Um, I'm on my third round of treatment of with Jeez. Lyme right now. So how, how long is a round? Uh, six weeks. Oof. Six weeks of antibiotics and herbs and stuff. Jeez. Yeah, and uh, I, but I couldn't eat food. I couldn't eat food till my second round. Like a lot of foods, I couldn't eat like anything out of a box, or couldn't have like some crackers. I couldn't eat anything like. I like just when you say couldn't eat, like you'd throw it up, or I would just start. My doctor would say it's like a histamine reaction. Mm. So, like, I would get real anxious, and I couldn't sleep. Um, so I had to take antihistamine medication, like Zantac and uh, uh, Claritin and all this stuff to keep the histamine levels down. It, it, it just felt like a lot of people get that with, you know, just regular seasonal allergy allergies. Mm-hmm. But a lot of foods are high in histamine, like uh, alcohol, fermented foods. Um, people don't really know what histamine is, but it's 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 a neuro it it regulates your neurotransmitters. I I I read and researched way too much about this stuff, but um, I was able to sleep when I took antihistamine medication. But then now I can like eat, I can have like some milk and stuff now. So it's it's I've come a long way from where I was. Yeah, I couldn't like n- like ninety percent of things were off the menu. Jeez, that's rough. Yeah, I was that's like, rough, dude. So, but you said it kind of. Re well, so it it certainly did. Well, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but like changed your outlook, your mindset, your spirituality. It was obviously some sort of life shift, would you say? Or yeah, I mean, you're just going through life, and you're kind of invisible. You're never going to die. All the bad things happen to other people, and you got you got your whole life in front of you. You know, that's the weird thing about being a human is you're always sort of you're always sort of thinking. Like you're going to arrive at some point and then that's when everything starts and that's when this great thing happens. And then, and I think there's this thing that's like, you just, you just can perpetuate that thought of it's coming around the bend, it's coming around the bend and it never does. And you kind of think you'll live forever. And then one day you're like, man, I could, I could not solve this problem and not make it. But it was more for me. It was more just, I didn't, I was just like, there was days I was just like, God, just take me now. Like I do not. I do not like this. This is just suffering, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. I'm just tired of suffering. But my kids and my wife, and you know, they got me through it. And so that was that was just where it was. I was just like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. It's just so shitty, yeah. and I feel so terrible. And I can't sleep, and I can't eat anything, and I literally have this just low grade depression all day. So I'm, I'm starting to get like. I'm about, I'm about 80% of myself now, so I still not like – I don't feel those high highs that I used to feel. Yeah. Did and, they did they put you on any sort of like antidepressant or anything? Yeah, unfortunately, I got put on um, some mood stabilizers because 
I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I just, that's the problem is most doctors just, just prescribe you medication and those only work for so long when you've got Lyme. Yeah. Because, because, you know, the inflammation just starts getting out of control. Yeah. I remember I've dealt with like depression and anxiety and mental health stuff my entire life. And there was, uh, there was like a, a recent season of my life when I was like, because nothing's working. I was like, maybe I have Lyme. Like, because I was just looking up like random asymptomatic shit. And I was like, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the. Like, <laughs> I don't. Um, so, how well, did... there's, yeah, there's oh, so no, many things. Uh, well, there's so many things that can cause it. Like, like I can't eat nightshades right now. So, no uh, potatoes. No, no potatoes. Uh, no tomatoes. I can't eat those. Dude. But that's it. So, that's kind okay. of. So that's – I'm down to like I can't eat nightshades. If I eat tomatoes or something, I get crazy anxiety like a day later. And I narrowed it down to certain foods. So I would like kind of do an elimination and see like which ones are these and I would try. Um, yeah. So a lot of people don't know that stuff. A lot of people don't know that like there's like a natural pesticide in nightshades that kills bugs when they eat the plant and that chemical can wreak havoc on your body. So – I don't know. There's a lot of science to help you understand the way your body works and inflammation works. But nightshades can cause a ton of inflammation. And I think that's what ultimately what Lyme is. It just causes a shit ton of inflammation in your body. And you, and, and a lot of anxiety and depression comes from inflammation. And wheat, dairy, gluten, all those things can inflame the body. So that's why a lot of people say stay off those things. And you know that, no, that everything's gluten-free now well, because you know there's some science behind it. But – you know, it's so just, how did so you finally just and we'll 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 move on from the Lyme because yeah. now, now I'm convincing myself that I have Lyme disease again. No, uh, so you just find you just got a test. How do they even test for that? Just a blood test? Uh, yeah, there's like a tick. It's a, it's a tick-borne panel. Okay, and uh, you can get tested. There's like forty or some odd things you can get from a tick bite. Have you been bit by a tick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. work in the woods, or I work near the woods, so. No, yeah, so you um, see, so you see Bigfoot out there, huh? Oh, no, yeah, you guys, I, I you got the swamp ape. You got the the uh, Rougarou. Rougarou. Yeah, that's the. I've heard something else in. Uh, there, uh, there's a swamp ape. That's like Florida Everglades. Yeah, yeah. Which to date, that's the, that's my most convincing evidence for that is that picture that lady took in her backyard of that like crazy. Have you seen that? Of like, yeah, I've seen that one. That like glowing eyes. Oh yeah, that one. I've yet to hear a decent explanation for that one that one's even yeah i mean there's like there's there's a few um that are really good they all just look like a costume unfortunately to the to the untrained eye they look like a costume to everybody that one didn't to me but yeah. yeah that one that one looked pretty crazy yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. someone's just, oh, it's just some orangutan escape from the zoo. Yeah, I it's like, I don't know. <laughs> nah, that thing's huge, man. Yeah. So how did you how did you land back on, or how did you, you're like a fresh Nephilim convert. <laughs> well, uh, I was telling a friend the other day, like, you know, you're, you, you, you get in the door, yesterday actually, you get in the doorway of believing things, and then you slowly walk through check out rooms you know what i mean mm-hmm. but for me you know a guy just said the whole house you're in can go back to genesis 6 right and i didn't i didn't realize there was all these rooms that were connected under this whole idea that that everything goes back to the fallen angels and uh sort of this dna experiments they were doing so 
Yeah, uh, and so I, I want to, I'm going to, I want to, it's so funny. It's because I haven't, I went through, there's literally, I've got, I don't know, four or five episodes devoted to this. I went on uh, Bad Christian with Joey to try to convince them, which Matt mercilessly uh, lambasted. But uh, Yeah, yeah, I, became, I listened to that one. Um. Yeah, I and I saw you're in like you were talking about Gary Wayne. This is where like yeah, he's great. He is too. Well, he is and he is. It's like he'll have me. He gets a little like David Ick or David Ike or whatever. It's like you you'll have me to a point, and then what I stay away from is the people that find patterns and hidden. It's there's like a word for it, but finding patterns and hidden symbolism in literally everything, which you, which you can do, you know, yeah. you really try. And so it's, I think it's equally harmful to go full tilt in that direction as it is to completely like deny it. And it's finding like, okay, cause where I'm, I'm full, I'm completely on board with, um, like, have you gotten into like Dr. Michael Heiser or, um, Brian Godawa or any of their stuff on it? No, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm new to it. A lot of it. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a definitely point you in that direction. Yeah, you'll have to drop me some, uh, some, some links and stuff. I mean, for me, it's just like, um, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the Southern Baptist church. I knew like the old Testament. I grew, I went to Christian school too. So I went, I was like in, in the church six days a week. You know what I mean? Um, Saturday was the only day I didn't get any like Bible teaching. You know what I mean? So, you know, you grow up and I have a lot of friends who are, who are, uh, kind of just rewriting the Bible the way that they can understand it in the 21st century. You know what I mean? Because they don't understand the mass genocide. They don't understand the flood. They don't understand this evolution theory that's been pumped into society like crazy. And I think it's been pumped to the point where it feels obviously like uh, manipulated, but you know, you can't, you can't have any opposing theories to evolution, you know what I mean? Or you will be fired. Even if you're a professor, it's just, it's, it's kind of a horse shit way to think about ideas and, it's totally closed-minded, and they, and that whole side doesn't see how closed-minded it is. Um, that, and so you know, a lot of people, my friends, are like, "Oh yeah, well, evolution. God used evolution," and I'm just like, eh, "Well, at that point, I just feel like you're like I, I kind of went down that liberal route of reading the Bible for a long time, and now I'm just like, you know what? I mean, if God didn't create the world, then who knows? Like, what's the point?" What's the, I mean, really, that's, I, I feel that's like, interesting. what's the point, man? I mean, what's the point of all this? And what's the point of even being Christian? Because it's like, if God didn't intentionally make this stuff, then I, I don't know. It just feels like there's anything goes. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I like could... I was trying to explain to a friend last night, I said, I think the problem is, is like Satan is an actual entity. That's what I believe. He's an actual entity. He's somewhere right now. And a lot of people think that the, the idea of evil is Satan. And yeah. or, I, I or don't like, believe that. Or like it's a metaphor for your ego. Or yeah. it's like, yeah, no, I definitely, it's so weird. Like, and it, I, I'd be, really I've been going through this over like the past five years where like I went, like I said, I went like head first into it. And I'm always trying to find this balance where like I would like, heavily over spiritualized and i have a friend right now because here, here's my thing with like demons and spiritual warfare and all that stuff is i think i can either 
make the mistake of assuming that they have too much power or can do too many things that they really can't. And I'll just kind of go on like a weird tangent of things that don't really matter or, you know, not, you know, because it's the classic thing of like, oh, I got a flat tire. Oh, the devil's doing this to me. Damn you, devil, like making my tire flat or whatever. It's like, no, I, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that was the devil doing that. But or it's the or, you know, completely taking out the spiritual warfare aspect of things and saying that it's like only humans and there's you you know, the yeah. people that would say, like, oh, you don't need demons to explain the awfulness of humanity or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't know about that either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is – I think the thing is we live in a society that, like – I was saying to a friend the other day, oh, here's what I think. Ancients used to always – ancients believed in gods. They were either polytheists or they were monotheists. And only till like, the last, what, several hundred years has humanity just gotten to a point where we don't believe in anything. We're just like we've become a consumer culture. All we do is live to consume, and we don't believe that anything's spiritual. So you push back on this, and and this is why the this is why the God of the Bible is starting to make less and less sense to people because they don't think that way anymore. So they read the Bible, they read the Old Testament, and they go, "This sounds crazy," because they're just so far removed from anything spiritual happening in their lives that it doesn't make sense. So they have to alter the Bible to make more sense in the twenty first century. Yeah, and that that was like the what I tried to do, and I and I did that. You know, I was doing that. Oh yeah, and, and what I tried to do when I, when I've like gone on shows to try to explain this like point of view was that look he, here's the deal. It's like I'm not even like we can leave out whether or not this is true, but or whether or not it's factual, not true. But this is what the Bible says. This is what. Yeah, the ancient Israelites read it as like this is what they all believed. Yeah, and yeah, then, like that's that. Like it's it's it would be like me reading Harry Potter, the plot of Harry Potter, and saying like this is what that book said. It's not open for yeah. Her, we like, sort debate. of we sort of were read we were sort of read um, the Bible without like Darth Vader being a main character. You know right. what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just glanced over. And then Darth Vader, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, wait, what? What? You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I think I think you have liberals that kind of make everything is rational and explainable. And then conservatives have sort of made God the enemy, God versus man. And I think there's like there's this weird way where you can cross the two. Because, I mean, most of my Christian friends that grew up in like really conservative uh, backgrounds have a lot of guilt and shame. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's a very guilty, shame driven uh, thing, Which and is I like think just a way to control my behavior. Like that sure. really is if like the the old defense of like oh religion's created to to just control people. Like I could see that, especially growing up and I grew up in South Carolina, and it was very yeah. moral and like you know oh, okay anything to do with sex is sinful. <laughs> like great, awesome, yeah, good for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, you're a youth pastor. You got a job. You're trying to wrangle some kids in. You got you got the Bible in front of you. You read it. You, you know, there, it, it it seems very much like a moral code book. But I think that Jesus more likely came to bring us true freedom. Um, yeah, and and freedom from sin is a part of that. But I think we get we, we we give a. I think we give sin too much power and too much weight. Um, it's a it's a problem. But hmm. You know, explain that. Like, 
like you can read the you can read a verse like the wages of sin is death two different ways. Okay. Like the wages of sin is hell and in punishment and you will die. Or you can read it like you know humans used to live forever in the garden and then we wanted the knowledge of the gods and then we lost our immortality and so we sinned in that sense so we we will die someday. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's not it's Passive like versus like yeah, 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 yeah. Now that it's makes It's like sense. explaining what sin is if you're looking at it from a concept. Like, does God see us all in our guilt and shame and, and rub it in our face? No, I mean, he he come, he come came looking for us in the garden. You know, he didn't go, get out of here, you bastards, you know what I mean? He, like, helped us out. Oh, well, you made this mistake. Here, put some clothes on. I'll help you make some clothes. And, uh, you know, but, I mean, for me, it was just, I got to a point where I'm like, I'm editing this book and this story so much to fit what I wanted to say and what I wanted to believe. What if I follow the clues and take it where it, go where it leads me instead of trying to manipulate it into what I want it to be? Well, and, and that's so that's where so I used to be fully into bringing um, the Nephilim Genesis six story into modern times, right? And that there's still the shadow cabal because here's how it made sense for me and i heard you talk about how when you kind of heard this story it basically you it makes it almost it is a narrative that makes like all of history like make sense to a certain degree right yeah yeah and and that's what i saw too and i was like okay because that was my one main problem with uh like we'll call them like secular conspiracy theories is like okay as a how do i reconcile um like Illuminati, that sort of stuff with my Christian belief. So like if there's a God that is in control of everything, how could something like that even occur and how does that fit in? And this was kind of the key that opened that door. It's like, oh, well, then these would be those forces that would be behind that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've since, so through like talking with uh, Dr. Heiser and stuff, I'm not sure about... Because his his kind of thing was that part of Jesus's mission. So, ah, this is so hard to. It's so much stuff. <laughs> Let's sure, see if we can sure. Break it down. Yeah. So, when the flood killed the giants, right? The spirits yeah. then became uh, demons. Like that's where demons came from. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. And so that was kind of like the the and afterwards the nephilim were there and afterwards and part of jesus's mission when he came back was not only reclaiming the gentile nations but uh a final defeat of those spirits and mm. so some people yeah. have said that 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 part of his mission was um ending the second incursion which happened at the tower of babel and so that it was kind of over with from then. So I'm not sure how much I think the like Nephilim bloodline stuff is still happening today. Although I guess I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think. Well, first of all, I feel, I feel like what we're what what we're talking about is like you've walked into the house, you've opened the door, you've gone down the hallway, and you've gone into a couple bedrooms. I have friends who can't even they're, just, they're on the porch of these ideas, and they're like, "What in the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. So yeah. I think for me, it's like 
if I hadn't been listening to Bigfoot, I've 500 or 600 Bigfoot episodes over the last five, six years on just various podcasts. I, or, and, and I've watched every documentary, every History Channel special. If I hadn't have been doing, if I hadn't been doing all of that, and then some got some pastor or some guy came on. I think I listened to a couple of Gary Wayne episodes. If I and he started talking about the giants of the Old Testament, I was like, what? You know, like giants and then and then it was like if i hadn't been primed for that moment then i would it would have all gone over my head i would have never thought of twice about it and so i feel bad for a lot of people that they somewhere along the line they just shut it all down they say nope i'm gonna read the bible this way i'm not gonna read any of this stuff it, it, it didn't happen that's what they all say well that's what they thought they saw they thought they saw the the canaanites they thought they were 30 feet tall. Yeah, but they were just like tall dudes. Yeah, but they're just, yeah. you know, they're just exaggerating. And I'm like, yeah. and so that's frustrating because it's like, okay, well, that means like, that means half the Bible because it makes no <laughs> sense. All, you got to toss out all the burning bushes and all the all the angels and all the stars and all the, you basically have to throw the whole thing out and just becomes kind of like a moral, uh, I don't know. Uh, it just becomes like a, it just, just becomes a book. Yeah. It just becomes a book. Well, you're just not a Christian at that point. Yeah. Like, I think faith is to say you believe this crazy story. It, yeah. It's okay. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like, like if you're a Christian, like I, I, I don't, I think we were taught a moral code means you're Christian, but I think if you really look at what it means to believe you're Christian, you're a monotheist. And then you have to lay out all the things that you believe under monotheism. Like if you were to debate a polytheist, you would have to get real spiritual and really lay it out there. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? And, and an atheist wouldn't even know what to say in that conversation because they'd be like, what? You know what well, I mean? And this, the, the, the thing about this story is that it completely ch- – it, it gives the Bible a complete arc from – a yeah. complete and compelling narrative arc from beginning to end. And yeah. without it, a lot of the things don't make sense. Like it even goes into how Paul's direction toward women covering their hair was so that they, uh, the angels, when they looked down, wouldn't be tempted by them. That was what the head covering was about. So he's like, there's so many. And like yeah. there's all the New Testament authors are writing on the assumption that this is what's going on. And like the whole... Um, the you have to go back and listen to the episode I did with with Doctor Heiser, but it's like when Jesus um stated like on this rock I will build my church. He was talking about uh the valley where the original the angels came down and sinned, like the mm. Nephilim originally came down. So there's just so many it, like explicit nods to this story that if it's just not true, then it, uh, so much of it just kind of fragments apart. I'm trying to find this article too that, uh, um, that, um, <clears throat> really helped. I've been reading it over and over and over and over again. Um, the last couple years. And, and while you're, while you're doing that too, what I, what I also like too is the story is is supported in so many 
it pretty much it's the same story in every ancient myth yeah 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 it's it's yeah. universal why do you think we love superheroes why do you think yeah i mean lord of the rings yeah yeah um the you know once Hercules, you see it you Sintor. can't unsee it once you it's, see it you exactly can't it's and it, everywhere and i think i think if some of the stuff in revelation is true then slowly if slowly the holy spirit is waking people up to this because that's ultimately like i think <clears throat> to me it's like you've got jesus and god dealing with the devil and we don't know all the details of the battle that they're in. It's like two divorced. It's like two parents that you get a, a, a divorce, and uh, you're the kid in the situation, and you just don't know what the parents know, and you don't need to know all the details. And I think sometimes as kids, we're the kids in the situation. We're like, well, we want to know all the details, and it's like um, we just don't. We, we we won't know them. And 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 and. And I think sometimes we think it's just the single parent, like it's just God and in in us. And we're just dealing with this angry dad who is, you know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. what, that's kind of what a lot of the Bible was taught to me as. It's just God is sort of this angry single parent. And I, to, I've fucked up somehow by being yeah. born and it's on me to just fix it all. But, well, and so Satan in itself is like the most interesting thing to me. A, because if you ask anyone, like, who is Satan? They're going to give you the same answer or the, the general answer. And then you realize, like, how nonspecific and how little there is written about Satan in the Bible and how, like, even the different the different mentions of Hasatan or Satan or the accuser in all these yeah, different yeah. areas is, like, different beings. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's very interesting. So there's art, this article I read that really kind of connected the dots to me. It was called Everything You Know About the Gospel of Paul is Likely Wrong by David Bentley Hart. And okay. in, the, in the very end, he has some really good stuff. He talks about – it's a, it's an eight-minute read. He talks about basically like committees of scholars have kind of edited Paul's writings to say things that aren't really there and totally omit things that are there. He said that Paul talks about more about this – battle between fallen angels and and it's really interesting and for for like for two years i've been reading this article it came out he wrote it in like um why do i know that name what else did he write bentley hart he's written like he did like a new testament a translation he wrote like a he wrote like a like a, a a literal translation of the new testament from the greek and he's like uh it's really he's like one of the premier like linguists and he's an orthodox scholar philosopher he's kind of jaded it sounds like and i think a lot of guys write him off because he's a little jaded but i think that he's probably a, a genius and he's reading like the uh, like paul's letters verbatim and he right. can he can read the he can read things but he says in the end he says it would be foolish to try to judge the gospel spiritual claims by how plausible we find the cosmology that accompanies them for mm-hmm. one thing the the ancient picture of reality might be in many significant respects more accurate than ours. And it would be surely a category error to assume that the story of Christ's overthrow of death and sin cannot be express a truth that transcends the historical and cultural conditions in which it was first told. But we must, but before we decide anything about that story, we must recover it from the very different stories that are so frequently told in its place. Um, That's good. 
you know, he says this, he says, Paul's voice, I hasten to add, is hardly an eccentric one. John's gospel, too, for instance, tells of a divine savior who comes from above, quote, descending into God's realm, into the cosmos, overthrowing the reigning arch, archon, bringing God's light into the darkness of our captivity and dragging everyone to himself. Um, it, 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 the way Paul writes the New Testament, it sounds is, is more like a Marvel movie. Yeah. It, it literally it's and, and so I remember just going, what? Whatever we have and some people say, Well, you don't believe in the Bible, and I'm and I think I would say, No, no, no. I don't think we always have scripture. That's interesting. I don't think we always have it. I think scripture is is important and it and it 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 definitely makes demons shudder, for example. You know, I've heard stories of people bringing Bibles into rooms and, and then weird things happen. So Something about it is holy for sure, but I don't think we always have the best interpretation or the or the original version or whatever. It doesn't mean that I don't believe in the Bible. It just means that like it's really hard to get something from someone who told you something and get the accurate actual meaning out of that. But yeah, it it is it is it has always been strange to me that I guess it's just realizing that what you were told was this simple, basic thing just turns out to be just not that at all. Like there's so much, there's so much to know about it. And so many people are so certain about things that could be completely wrong or just, and I'm talking like completely wrong, like missing points entirely. And it, it really like, I, I don't know some some days I miss the uh the security I used to have and like I'm ready to just go back to some sort of like you know at least I knew this that or the other I guess I'm I'm comfortable in you know the basics yeah and then beyond that what were you about to say though well I mean yeah I would say in the last like six months the way I see things it's different and I feel different I feel I almost feel like I almost feel like in the matrix when I took the pill, you know what I mean? I almost feel like, wow, I'm like seeing the way these things work together in a way I haven't s- seen before. But I don't understand all the concepts either. I just I'm just new to it all. It's almost like if you know you're, you're like let's use a Harry Potter, like he just wakes up one day and he realizes see, there's this whole magical world that he had no idea existed. Yeah. And then he slowly goes about figuring out, oh, this thing exists and this is how these things work. And it takes him several years before he understands the language and the, 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 you know, the pros and the cons and the different weird things that go on in that world. And I think that's where I'm at. I'm just like this kid who woke up. I knew a lot of things. And now I'm like, man, I think this is the way the world worked. And I think this is like why – we couldn't figure out how they got a hundred thousand ton stones into place on these ancient oh, yeah. buildings and all kinds of stuff. I'm, You're I'm just huge. like, whoa. Yeah. Ancient civilizations and like antediluvian worlds. Yeah. And like, th- this is, this is the thing is cause it would be like if a cataclysm wiped out our civilization currently, the only thing left would be like the Washington monument. And you know, all our data is on computers. We wouldn't even yeah. have much written language. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, absolutely there could have been a completely advanced civilization or you saw you saw noah right that movie yeah what i loved about that was how they 
um, they were technologically advanced, but just in a completely different way. Like he had that that stone that just made like a crazy flint or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I need I need to like watch it again. It's been a long time since I watched it. But someone told me that's from a polyist polytheist perspective. That's why. They yeah, pre- I mean, Darren Aronofsky's they- like definitely not like a. Yeah. A, uh, well, I don't know, man. Mother, did you see that too? Uh. Uh-uh. It's a hard watch, but it's like an Adam and Eve allegory. It's pretty interesting, but it's like oh, cool. crazy to watch. Um. But yeah, I'm totally I believe that like I really push back against the theory that like humans started off dumb and we've been getting smarter. I feel like either a we have been getting dumber or it's it's just <laughs> been it's it's been the same, right? But maybe just advanced in a in different ways, you know. And I do feel like the recent generations like our spiritual muscles have been like atrophied oh yeah probably there is it's like i could definitely see that you know maybe some people literally cannot believe these things like maybe it is some sort of spiritual thing to it that's like even preventing it i don't well, know well i mean maybe that's what jesus means the eyes ears to hear and the eyes to see or whatever you know like um i think that People prefer to go about their life and, and you know, consume media and, um, you know, it's like I was, I was, I tweeted today, like, um, and this could be related to it. I, I, I hate how football is, you're, if you're not a football fan, you, you're sort of isolated from, uh-huh. from America. You know I mean? I'm not a huge football fan, so I, I don't get phone calls and, and there's just this whole world that like I'm left out of because, I refuse to like get obsessed about football. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, it sucks. But I think that's what our society. I mean, we are more, and that's the number one thing in our society is football. That's all we. That's all we. That's all we think about and care about. If you were to put it on a, on a screen, that would be number one. If it was Family Feud, what do Americans love most? Be like football, football <laughs> and hamburgers. Guns. You know what I mean? Yeah, and guns. Yeah, and uh, and so in a sense, yeah, we we. You throw in you throw in some weird spiritual ideas, giants and Nephilim and stuff, and people people who are used to watching football all the time are like, "What?" Yeah, when when it's yes, and it's and what and they're just the not most, pre- they're not prepped. Well, well, and also too, what you have is the most vocal crazies because of YouTube. It's very it's a very easy thing to make fun of, and there are like very vocal. I'll call them idiots who are just like, you know, Obama's an alien, like, or you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's easy to get lumped into that category. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. It's it's an easy dismissal. Well, every subculture has its wackies that's bubbled to the surface. Like, I remember in college, I got into disc golf for a hot minute. You know what I mean? I just played disc golf today. (laughs) <laughs> I shot two under, no big deal. There you go. But you know what I'm saying? Like this was 20 years ago, and it was just starting to become mainstream. And there were dudes out there with like 50 discs, and they were like yeah. talking all the language, and they were like talking yeah. about going to tournaments. And I'm just like, dude, you can't even throw that disc like like you can't even get a hole in one. You can't even throw it that far enough. So like, don't don't talk to me about this stuff. Right. And, uh, but, but I was like, this is such a nerdy subculture. Like if this is what I have to do to be a part of disc golf, I, did, I just, I don't want to do it, but it's really yeah. fun just to go out and like throw a couple of discs with your buddies and, and it's free. And, and that's what I like. I never really like to get into it. Like, like Bigfoot, same thing. They shoot their own. 
There's like this whole yeah. there's this whole side that believes they're part alien, and there's this whole side that believes they're all animal, and then they just crossfire. And anyone who like starts any sort of documentary or anything comes out, they just like blast them because they don't have the correct Bigfoot beliefs. And you're like, this is a this is like a this is like a crazy fundamentalist church. It is well, and and so I'm glad we finally got to aliens. This this is the other thing is those same people that will that no. Angels and demons and all that is just hogwash. But like, oh yeah, there's totally aliens, and I expect we'll meet them one day. It's yeah. like, what? What? Explain to me the difference. Just explain to me the difference. I, you know, it is there, yeah. and I can totally see. If I were like playing devil's advocate, if I was uh, a dark spiritual force, like how would I enslave humanity? That would be a great way to you know the whole show up one day and be like hey we dna seeded your planet centuries ago yeah there's no god i'm your god yeah no big deal but just worship me cool and like that's you know seems legit i still to this day like if aliens ever do show up quote aliens or whatever not fucking with them not this guy <laughs> like yeah yeah, I yeah do not trust that well yeah i mean i mean we're primed like we are primed, we are so primed and ready for uh, uh, something come out of left field. That's what mm-hmm. I think. I mean, the, the the political situation it just feels rigged. It feels like you're 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 red, you're blue, you're red, you're blue, you're red, you're blue, you're red, you're blue, and all of a sudden something pink's going to come out or something neon green's going to come out of the bushes. And everyone's going to be like, "What is this?" And uh, but the Bible, you know, clearly says it's going to be just, it's going to be really hard to tell the difference. That many people are going to be deceived in the in the last days, and so if you read if you read that literally, which I I heard that my whole life because my dad was a super huge prophecy guy, we got a lot of fights and a lot of debates because I don't think he really defined the enemy who the enemy was, and I didn't really know who the enemy was. So like I said earlier, it's like watching Star Wars and not knowing who Darth Vader's the main character. And then I talked to my dad recently a couple times, and he's like, you know, I believe the flood destroyed the Nephilim, and I'm like, how come he never told me this? You know what I mean? <laughs> You've been and, out uh, on me, Dad? What's yeah. the deal? He's like, well, you know, and, you know, but my dad would give me some shit about Bigfoot. Like, when I was home, I was talking to my brother about it, and he's like, oh, you don't believe in that, do you? And I'm like, wait, wait what? <laughs> so finally i just told him i said dad you were giving me so much crap about bigfoot and he's like yeah you know i'm sorry about that because you know like uh the giants of the old testament so i think bigfoot could be i think bigfoot could be a they say i was watching the history channel uh ancient aliens and there was a there was a theory on there that was really good the guy said that he thinks that they're bigfoot was created to mine metals for a sub alien species or something like that. And then they just somehow they, they, they maintain they've existed, but that they were, they were sort of created to do this labor like automatons or something. Yeah. Slave labor, basically. Yeah. Slave labor. And so they were sort of like created. And if you look, if you think about that from a biblical perspective, maybe they were like the Nephilim, you know, were doing some DNA experiments, try to create this, this uh, race of workers and they were screwing things up and then somehow some of them survived. But I don't think Bigfoot is our, our Nephilim. They, they seem to be some kind of weird genetic offshoot of something with that, like some stranger thing happened 
and they're why do you think they're something like that as opposed to just a straight up animal uh they would have i i feel like at this point they would have been i used to believe they were an animal but now i believe that they would have they would have been captured you know an animal yeah. eventually will 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 yeah be dumb like enough their to luck show will run them. out yeah and so they, uh, they would need some sort of either like protection or higher like super higher intelligence to avoid it this long yeah, and I've heard enough stories of people say they just disappear or they're like following tracks in the middle of the woods and all of a sudden they're just gone, like in the snow, they just disappear or people disappear. So I got into the like the missing 411 books and I've watched all those documentaries. Have you gotten any of that all? Any, no, what is that? So this guy wrote this book called Missing 411 about people who just disappear in state and local parks. And he doesn't just in it, they all have to have certain things in common. So he's got about 1,200 documented cases of people just up and vanishing. 1,200? Over how many years? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe 30 years. He says That's it's really – it's people. The state and local parks don't keep records, and so he's trying to bring awareness that something in the woods is taking people. Um, but they're just disappearing, and then they'll reappear miles away – and they have all these things in common. So he's got like bad weather happens. The search and rescue team find them in a place that they already found, that they already searched. And it's usually someone with a disability. Oh, and weird. yeah, just like 12 things in common. So there's a, he's got a couple documentaries out. He just had one come out like three months ago and it's probably the best one, but kids go missing. Um, uh, I, and I think that stuff's important because if you take your kids in the woods, like, don't let your kids go running off in the woods. Like, <laughs> some people are just stupid because, I mean, in the state and local parks, they don't they don't broadcast that information out there. Some people yeah. say, oh, it's just Bigfoot taking kids, but this sounds more like alien abductions to me. Well, so what do you think aliens are, though? I mean, uh, if you have a monotheist perspective, I think they are. Fallen angels, uh, but what are fallen angels? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think here, – here's what I think. If if God wasn't holding the world together, it would be way worse than this. Okay. So like it, it, I don't believe it's just a bunch of aliens that are just all somehow working together in this weird harmony and we're able to like – carry on as a society and have an economy and <laughs> like something is is ordaining this to work like the devil has you know freedom to fuck things up here but not that much not as much as he he probably wants and right. if, if aliens didn't if there was no god aliens would have either we would be slaves already or we would you know what i mean like it would just be terrible like if they have that kind of technology that people say they have, like what, what is keeping them from doing whatever they want right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I also, I also think it's what's hilarious is people coming around to like simulation theory, which explain to me how that's at all different than creation and like, God, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that not just uh Silicon Valley termination terminology for Christianity yeah I mean uh, the, some of this stuff can get pretty weird pretty quick 
but I think I think it comes down to intent. Like I'm in on I mean, when I try to write a song or try to make something or try to I, I do it with a specific purpose and I try to do it and, and, and with some some kind of creative rules to make it good. You know, you don't just throw a two double choruses and you know do things weird and you have you have your pre-chorus you know you, you try to write a song in a certain way there are rules things there, there are rules to the way the world works and i think some people just like anything's possible in their mind and so yeah it gets real world real weird real quick and uh i think that's why it's important to have a biblical perspective because otherwise you you just yeah, anything goes. It's yeah. like a like a like a boat tossed by the waves. So which which you... comes down to faith, right? You believe yes. God's holding the world together. Yeah. You don't know the details of that, but you believe God is holding the world together and ultimately he's going to reclaim it to himself. Yeah. So are you so with with the time we got left, you're coming back into podcasting, you're starting a podcast about this kind of stuff? Yeah, starting a podcast about it. Um, I don't know. Like, I think, uh, I think it's it's going to be like we're calling the podcast "Blurry Creatures." Nice, and uh, it's going to be creature based, and I think we're going to go into details like specific creatures and like talk about that stuff, like um, cryptozoology or like um, uh, no, just like any blurry creature. Like oh, you know, nice. aliens, Bigfoot, uh, leprechauns, you know, any kind of creature that existed, like, you know, what, what's the history of it? And like, or like, you know, try to get dudes in, in who have like other channels that they're popular in to talk about this kind of stuff. They wouldn't feel comfortable talking about with like, you know, like you're, a, you're a big gamer or something and come on the show and talk about aliens, like something you would never talk about in your like gaming world or you're in a band or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Let's Who talk about it with, uh, this guy, Ryan from, uh, this band rookie of the year. Oh, cool. And, uh, we, he, we went on tour together and we were talking about this. He just, we drove all the way from Cincinnati back to Nashville one night and he just started talking about list, all those coast to coast episodes he's listened to and how much he nice. loves it. So I don't know if it's going to be any good because we're not like experts on this subject, but I think if we can get like some popular dudes on the show that are like have you know some influence in some some creative aspect and then talk about this stuff, it'll be fun at least, you know. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I I really think that it's important to have a biblical perspective in these things, and I and I'm talking about like. I was way out there in the liberal space in terms of my theology for the last six or seven years. So some of this stuff's really hard for me to say. And when it comes out of my mouth, I'm just like, oh gosh, like <laughs> can't believe I'm yeah, saying it. Yeah, it's stuff. it's things that if if you would have heard yourself say it, you would have just laughed at yourself. Well, I just didn't. I just didn't think I'd be here right now. I didn't think that this is. I didn't think I would double down on my creationism ideas. Or not, not my ideas, just the the idea of creationism. I'm like fully in. Like I really think that, you know, they say there's more giant bones in Ohio than any state in, in or any place in the world. Like buried giant bones. So. Oh yeah, well that's, dude. Yeah, the the and I'm in um in Louisiana. That's where they have some of the oldest Indian mounds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In North America. And it's hilarious because it's like they're not allowed to excavate on them, but like yeah. what those supposedly are are giant burial mounds. Yeah. Like for 
and you, like the the North American giant mythology is so interesting and it's so extensive like if you so here's the other thing too is like there are so many and i get um what's like journalistic flair but if you just go like do a search of old newspaper articles and they're so they're just off to the side they're Uh like no big deal but they're like farmer johnson discovered a 17 foot skeleton in his backyard and it's just like what like there there are tons and tons and tons and tons of and it would make sense too, because it's like, um, God, who was I talking to or listening to? But about how, like, you know, through the generations, like, they would get smaller and smaller, right? It's not they're not going to get the through genetics, like they're going to start getting shorter, not taller. So it yeah. makes sense that over the years it would it would get smaller and smaller. But yeah, there's there's that uh, the cave, and I think it's like New Mexico, where like the the local legend was like the red haired men of North of uh, North America, the six fingered yeah. red haired yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they trapped them in that cave and burned them all alive. Mm-hmm. But like, then that cave ended up getting grave robbed and all the skeletons were stolen and just weird, weird stuff that if you, yeah. and that's where I hate people don't like, it's fine to dismiss it, but at least read about it first it's it's like at least dismiss the source directly and don't just dismiss the very idea of it just admit that like okay that is what they reported but i just don't believe it but don't even say that like well i think all i think a lot of this has to do with just your personality you can even say like if you what's your enneagram type if your enneagram is this this and this you're not going to believe this stuff so yeah i mean some of the stuff is like you're just predisposed to not believe in it and i think that sucks is because you can you can present a million facts of why something like 9-11 like there's just too many weird parts of 9-11 blah 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 like buildings are free falling come on structural engineers can try to give you math Building seven just free fall. And people just go, nah, it's all conspiracy. You're crazy, bro. And it's just like, okay, well, I'm not saying all of it, but some of it's weird, you know? And and, right. uh, and uh, there's just a person. I, I honestly have come to the point because, like, you know, being in a band for a decade, being with dudes all day, every day, talking about everything was exhausting. <laughs> Especially because we all met in college. So we were all fairly educated. We all grew up and. Um, I worked my way into that school, but the rest of the dudes all had 4.0s and got into school. So it was just like a philosophy major, a business major, uh, you know, uh, and we would just debate all day long, everything. <laughs> Someone would buy a book and it would be rattling around the van for a couple weeks. And then we would be talking about that stuff all day long. And this is before smartphones happened. So we had to talk all the time. Yeah, so we had nothing to do. Yeah. And so I just – I. When I think about opposing ideas, I typically think of somebody in my band and the way they would argue with me, and then I would go, this person would say that. So how do I think about this to help that person understand and see this point? So it's it's, it's kind of – being in a band kind of fucked my brain up and, and <laughs> ruined me because it's like – it was the best experience you, and the worst you experience. You hear Dan in your head all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just fought about everything. We were- I've I've tried to bark up this tree with him, and because I just try, I'm like, okay, look, I'll, you know, I'll go the purely academic route, and just like, here is just what, like, the Book of Enoch, yeah. and all this stuff. Here's what it says, and you know, whether or not it's, you know, you have to wrestle with the fact of that. This is what people in your faith lineage believed for 
centuries. Like, well, a lot of it has to do with being accepted by your social. You know, if if you want to be accepted in academia, you have to play by the rules. And yep. and a big time, it's you know you're 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 rejected by academia if you don't play by their rules. And uh, you know, guys like Jordan Peterson are trying to bring attention to that. You know, there are rules of academia. If you say genders male and female right now you're it's like you can't even yeah it's so thanks now this podcast is banned so exactly exactly (laughs) so it's like you know and i don't i don't agree with everything that dude says but it's like he's trying to bring attention to the rules that academia plays by and so if you're a guy like dan and you want to be smart and you want to be educated you want to hang with you want to go to the christmas party with a bunch of you know nerdy college grads that are you know, up in the academia and you can't say I'm a creation literalist, you know what I mean? Cause they just laugh at you. But yeah. I'm at the point where I just don't care. Like, yeah, that's a good place to be. Dude, the, dude, the prophets, the prophets were always stoned and dragged outside and killed on the, on the roadside because they said things that nobody wanted to hear. So the truth is, str- truth is stranger than fiction. It always will be. And the and the ninety eight percent of people will go. That's not true. That can't happen. But some people can see it like that. This is what the Bible says. It's crazy. Like it's crazy. I mean, think about it. Most conservative and liberal pastors don't teach any of this. Neither no. of them touch t- touch this subject. No, I think I asked my pastor about it one time, and he just kind of like like nervous laughed and was like, "Oh, I don't know." Yeah, it's like have you like have you never thought about this like. Besides, yeah, I guess they're in, the, they're in the business of running the church. You know what I mean? And yeah, when you if you really preach the Bible, people will get up and leave. Yeah, on That's either true. on either side because it's it just makes you too. It's just too weird. It is. But I, I that's the kind of stuff I'm like, whoa! Now now things are getting good. Let's talk about I know. this. That's that's I know it is because it's it. And and that's where I, that's where I will totally admit that it is. I mean, I will be the first to tell you that like I I want these things to be true because it's I'm I'm big into fantasy and like you know uh, romantic ideas and like epic scales of things. Yeah, and it, sure. But at the same time, it's like where you know could it be that that desire in itself is like a a, a spiritual wink or nudge you know what i'm saying it could be the you know it could be a a spark of some kind anyway like i don't i'm i'm really big on i don't know jesus talks a lot about this stuff so you have to kind of like oh yeah talks about the days of noah he talks about demons and casting out i mean so if you're a christian you uh i mean i was reading the other day even just when david cut off the skull of goliath they they supposedly buried it at Golgotha, which is the where Jesus was crucified. Yeah. So that's interesting. Underneath that mountain was the head of Goliath, and and supposedly someone someone was saying they think that when that earthquake happened, the skull of Goliath shatters, and 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 God reclaims humanity and d- defeats death and sin and the Nephilim and all that, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's I mean, some crazy like allegories is, and, and like weird yeah. stuff. I mean, the Bible is all about connecting the dots. Yes, it's big time into that. Yeah, 
And if you – like things in – you know, like someone told me this at camp and I remember thinking this is crazy. They said when Joseph was thrown out and he was thrown into prison, his brothers sold him into slavery. Remember the story of Joseph and then – Yep. So his, his dad loved him the most. They, they sold – his brothers all sold him into slavery. He gets, he gets thrown to the right hand of the king or pharaoh. He, and then he tries to – Pharaoh's – I think his pharaoh's wife wanted him. And grabbed his coat, tried to seduce him, and he was like, "No, I can't do that." Takes off running, and then she like says something. He gets thrown into prison, right? Who's the two guys that Joseph gets thrown into prison with? The cupbearer and the baker. That this is weird. This is the I'm reading the Bible through the through a year, and this is the verse this morning. No way. I kid you not. Thirty eight, thirty eight, and thirty nine. So someone told me this when I was working at a summer camp, and, and I've never forgotten. He said, what is the significance of the cupbearer and the baker? What does the cupbaker symbolize? Or the, the, the cupbearer, it's, it's the wine, right? And what's the baker? The bread, right? One, and he, and he has this dream, right? And he says, one of you is going to be hanging on a tree in three days, and one of you is going to be resurrected. Oh, holy shit. And, and, I, even, I read it this morning. Yeah, it's all foreshadowing of what's going to happen. The bot, he said, one of you is going to hang on the tree and one of you is going to be re- resurrected at the right hand of the king in three days. He's, interp- wow. he's interpreting these dreams. He's foreshadowing the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, being resurrected, being going back to be with his father after three days. And that's the story of Joseph. That's nuts, dude. Isn't I that crazy? Read- well, and what's cr- – this is – and it's, I was like, I was 20 years old, and I was like, that's the best, like, that's the stuff that they always leave out, is just like this this foreshadowing of of symbols, the blood, the bread, you know what I mean? And so I don't think any of us, I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in a group chat with six of us reading through that, and I don't think any of us caught that. Caught that. The only thing I was focused on was like, oh, that's just man. crazy that you're reading it right now. And for some reason that, that popped into my head. Isn't that and, weird? Uh, but see, that's what I think. That's where I think the Holy Spirit isn't here to bring us morality. The Holy Spirit is to say, this story is true. And these are all the reasons why it's true. And you're yeah. a part of this story. And, you know, we all get caught up in our sin and our barometer of how close we are to God at, at any given moment. But I think what we miss is that drawing to the trueness of the story. And the more excited we are that, it's, it's, that it is a true story, the, the closer we feel to God in that moment. And it doesn't matter how much sin is enslaving your mind or your heart or, or how shitty your life is in the world at the current moment. And I think that's where Christians miss it out, is we just, or we, we, we don't see that, like, man, this is a pretty damn good story. Yeah. And... So anyway, the cup bearer and the baker, dude, this is a really good analogy. And that's I th- nuts. That's nuts. Well, I think that's a, that's a good spot to uh, to leave off on. Yeah, man. That was good. Well, Nate, thank you, man. And we, we will talk soon. Jed, thanks for having me, man.
If it can change 